up, everybody? Welcome to the Dad Fit Podcast. I'm the host, Barrett Nobel, here with the infamous Dookie Butter. Dukes, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm, uh, I couldn't be better. I'll tell you what, um, I, if you follow me online, you know I just did a bodybuilding show, and uh, that's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work to just prepare for the show and, like, get your body in shape, but when you go through prep, um, you know, I was talking to a few guys about this. It's really, really difficult because you are at a caloric deficit for so long. You're doing cardio daily. And if you're like me, if anybody out there is like me, cardio sucks. Like <laughs> it's just like the most boring shit ever. And you just really have to kind of go into this like dark space for 16 <laughs> weeks while you prep and get down to like no body fat. So you're starving, you're hungry, you know, you're, you're in a shitty mood because you're not eating carbs. Um, and, and on top of that, you're grinding in car. Like I wake, I wake up four 30. Um, I roll over and like, I go downstairs, I chug some water and I go straight to the gym, go straight to the gym, get on the stair mill, which stair mills oh. suck, but I choose it. I choose it because of the suck. I'm like, okay, it sucks the most for me. So maybe it's going to do the most for me. So I, I purposely choose the stair mill. Sometimes I'll do like walk on incline, but I do like 35, 45 minutes on that thing and, uh, and then get off, go home, make breakfast, you know, handle some emails for work and stuff. And I'm lucky I work. Uh, I mean, I travel quite a bit when I have a lot of stuff going on, but for the most part, I work out of my house. So um, nice. it's really flexible, which allows me to do things like bodybuilding. But uh, so I do some emails, I'd get another meal in, and then I'd go back to the gym, lift for at least an hour. Then after that, I would pose, you know, at some point during the day for at least 30 minutes. So you're looking yeah. at, you know, two hours a day, um, just gym time, whether it's posing, cardio, or lifting weights. And, you know, in between that, you got to eat your six meals. You got to take care of dad duties. You're you're a father, you know. We have dad duties, and it's summertime, so the kids are home, so they're constantly like, "Hey, I want to go to the mall, or I want to go, you know, I want to go to Dave and Buster's arcade, whatever." Um, which yeah. everywhere, man. And what what really what really gets me in the fields is when they go, "I want to go to the gym." I'm like, "Oh yes, anytime you want to go to the gym, just say less. We're, we're there, right?" We'll and I will everything. take you. Not only will we go to the gym, I'm going to take you to IHOP afterwards. We're going to eat some pancakes, <laughs> you know, whatever you want. And they're girls. So, like, they own the shit out of me. So, house full right. of girls. I have a wife. I have two daughters, 10 and 11 years old. And um, and they're just, man, they're everything to me. And so, I uh, I can't uh, I can't ever get mad at them. Like, I, I get in trouble all the time because I'm like, you never – my wife, Tony, she's like, you never <laughs> – you never discipline them I'm like shit. I can't like it's like yeah, we have we have we have two dogs. It's just the same same thing. We have two dogs, two schnauzers. One of them's just a male, and he's like alpha is shit. He's just brick shit house man. He's like just the most uh, schnauzer I've ever seen. And then we have this other one that just looks like a mop, and she's soft and just bag of bones, but she's the cutest damn thing. And so. She'll when he tears shit up, I'm like, dang, dog. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's it's okay. It's okay. so I, I'm the same way with my kids, man. I, 
I'm terrible. I'm terrible at the discipline, but uh, hey, you know what? They grow up quick. You know that you're a family guy. How many how many kids you got? Dude, I have like almost the exact same situation. I got two girls. I also have I have one schnauzer now, but the other one passed last year. But <laughs> no crazy. shit, that is yeah. crazy. There, hey, there's something about schnauzers. Um, I, I'm kind of like I have really bad allergies, and uh, I didn't. We, we don't have a huge house. We don't have a huge yard. You know, we're in suburbia or whatever. And uh, you know, is that, I, hold I, on, I, is that is that not Texas huge, or is that like not rest of the country huge? <laughs> well, I, oh, it's a modest house. I just I'll put it that it's a modest house. We're, we we feel cramped. Four people, uh, four people in the house. We feel cramped. You know, like I, I've got this office right here this is kind of my space but uh um you know i looking through looking at dogs um you know i've got the allergies so i needed a dog that doesn't shed its ass off and schnauzers everything i read about them they're like hey it's a fantastic family dog it's a great indoor dog it could be active it could be sedentary it could you know this that and it doesn't shed like the coat is different and uh and man uh, I, we, we got one and then I was like, well, shit, we can't just have one, you know, I feel bad. <laughs> at it. I'm not playing with it all the time. So we got, we got another one, but, uh, man, just awesome dogs. Like I knew nothing about schnauzer. I always want, I was like German shepherd. Like that's my dog. And, yeah. uh, you know, just everything about a German shepherd, it's manly. Right. And, uh, <laughs> man, there, there's, there's something about these schnauzers, smart dogs, easy to train, uh, loyal, yeah, obedient. Yeah. And and uh, th- but they they bark, man. Oh, the bark <laughs> makes me want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know the the small uh, mop schnauzer that I have is you know she 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 hardly bark. Her bark is really it's pathetic. Like it it will not scare anybody. But the other one, <laughs> it's so loud. I mean, it, it's ear piercing. It it yeah. gives me a headache. And he barks at everything. It doesn't matter. We've tried every we've tried every way to uh you know train him not to bark so much. Nothing fucking works, man. He's just he's just gonna bark. And he doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a <laughs> shit. If he's if he's gonna get his ass whooped, he doesn't give a shit. He's barking. He's he yep. doesn't he just he, he gives no fucks. But uh so but uh, the exact same experience with my schnauzer. He just doesn't care. All, I mean doesn't care. It knows not to because it'll like see me pop my head around the corner. It's like, oh shit, but I'm still gonna bark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's crazy, man. That we we have a lot in common. I imagine you're you're much the same. Probably uh, you you let your daughters get away with murder. Yeah, there's there's a bit of an age gap. I have a ten year old as well, but then I have this baby. She's like fourteen months. Yeah, I, I'm kind of powerless, honestly. It's. Yeah. She already knows it too. And it's frustrating. That's um, <laughs> yeah. They, they sense it. They know it. They're like at a very early age before they can even walk or talk. They're like, oh, I own this dude. I yeah. own you daddy. Shit. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. They grow up too damn fast. And uh, you know, the one thing that I will say that's important in our house, um, you know, all, all kidding aside, we do discipline, but uh, you know, the, I think you sent the tweet yesterday and I retweeted it or you don't even call it tweets anymore. What is it? Uh, repost, repost. Um, But you, you said something to the effect of like, it's, uh, it's more irresponsible of a parent to not 
focus on health and fitness than to focus on health and fitness and feel like it's taking away from family life. Like I I agree with that sentiment 100% because um, health and fitness in this house is, is, is of utmost importance and it should be in every household because health and fitness is, uh, is not only, you know, what leads to longevity, but it, it leads to um, just a better lifestyle um, every, every way around you know, and, and this is a good segue into the hundred club where, um, you know, basically for those of you who don't know the hundred club, you know, you'll see the hundreds over people's names and, and, or hundred club in the profile. Um, basically it's a Twitter community, uh, of individuals that want to be the best they can be and believe that the best way to, overcome both physical and mental challenges in life really begins by focusing on health and fitness. And, um, and so it's great because we have over 300 members now I've lost count at 300. So, um, there's quite a bit of us. And the thing about Twitter is people come and go. So, you know, there are some that are more active than others. But um, what I really think is amazing is uh, I get to hear uh, when I when I invite somebody to join the the hundred club, I get to hear a little bit about that person. They'll DM me. I'll say, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and your fitness journey. You know, something that you 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 know, you think people would want to hear or know about you. And so I get some really incredible shit, man. Like sometimes like it'll hit me in the feels. I'll be like, oh, my God, like. This, this person has been through some amazing shit, like incredible that they've made it this far. Um, whether they're a soldier battling PTSD, an ex fat person that lost shit. We have one that, I mean, I, I, I say his name all the time because it's just so amazing, but Cole Prohaska, if you don't follow him, um, I suggest you look him up and follow him. This guy, uh, lost just about 340, 350 pounds, 350 pounds, but he didn't do it. (laughs) Dude. I'm like, that's cold, bro. 350. And you didn't even have, he didn't even have surgery. He didn't do gastric bypass. He didn't do any of that shit. It was just solid getting it. Dude. I I mean, uh, we have people that are struggling with alcohol who have struggled with alcohol. We have people that struggle with, uh, drugs um we have people we have doctors we have bodybuilders we have ultra marathoners uh we have uh people from all walks of life from all corners of the earth and um and again what brings us all together is our passion for uh bettering ourselves through health and fitness and so um it's really rewarding for me to be a part of such a great community i get so much inspiration on the daily to be better just through scrolling through my, my timeline, you know, and seeing what everybody's doing every morning. I wake up, um, you know, after I get done with the, with the cardio or the gym and now now I'm into CrossFit actually, which is a whole other animal, man. (laughs) Big dudes aren't meant to be doing CrossFit. I mean, I know there's some big, big CrossFit dudes out there, but uh, you know, I'm like two 30 something this morning 
Um, and, uh, and, and my mobility is shit. I don't work on mobility. I'm not going to go to the gym <laughs> and foam roll and fucking stretch for 30 minutes before I got to get in and get out. You know, we're family guys. We got jobs. We have shit to do. I'm not spending it on stretching. Yes, it should. I should, I should do that, but, uh, but I'm not going to. So I am <laughs> like, there, the, there are these things called like, uh, Romanian get-ups or something like that. I don't know what the hell they're called. You know what I'm talking about? Turkish get-ups. Why is it always from that side of the world? Why, why can't there be like an American get-up? We, we just, I don't, I don't know. But, you got to make a Texas one, man, where you just lift a truck or something. Yeah, hey, or a beer. But so I'm, I'm, I'm there this morning. Guy, I'm looking at the workout of the day, and I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a doozy. It's like. 50 Turkish get-ups, um, oh 60 box jumps. Uh, then it was like 80 sit-ups, which I'm like, 80 sit-ups and shit. But like in CrossFit, <laughs> you got to like, you got to come all the way up. It's not just a crunch. Like you're going all the way up. And uh, I don't do, I don't do sit-ups. I don't work my abs directly, which is crazy. Cause I, I mean, I've got a great six pack. But, it, you know, it all comes down to, uh, you know, body fat. Everybody's got abs under there. You just got to lose oh, yeah. the fat on top of them. Um, yep. So I, I realized after 20 of those, 20 of the 80 that I was supposed to do, that I am re I have no ab muscles. Like I am. The lady next to me, it was crazy about CrossFit. This lady next to me, she's a, you know, older lady. I say older. She's older than me. So that's older. Um, but she doesn't look. She doesn't look like she's in that good of shape, right? I mean, she's a little yeah. heavier, you know, uh, non-athletic looking. But, dude, she smashed my ass on this workout. It was just me and her this morning at 5, at 5 a.m. And she's Turkish get-upping left, right. I can't get my, my feet under me. My mobility is shit. But uh, I don't know. For, for me, it's kind of like a good challenge after a bodybuilding show. Uh, because you 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 work for so many months to get ready for the show, and then all of a sudden it's over, and then you're like, oh well, shit! Like that was a really difficult goal. What is my next thing? And I knew I had to fill it with something, or I'd go crazy. Like I need some yeah. sort of challenge in life, and uh, and so I was like, well, I'm just gonna do CrossFit because I like CrossFit, and I can get it done at 5 a.m. and uh, um, and and it's, it's just challenging. It's challenging for me. Really so it, it gives me that, you know, that, that challenge that I need and, uh, and something to work towards, you know, being better at. And, uh, but, but man, uh, it, it is, uh, <laughs> you know, body, bodybuilder shape is not CrossFit shape. It's not, <laughs> not even close, man. Like oh, heart rate, man. I'm I'm used to doing cardio at heart rate, you know, zone two, like 125, 128 beats per minute. Yeah. I get to CrossFit, man. Within two minutes, I'm a hundred. I'm pegged out. I'm yeah. I'm sucking air, you know. And so, uh, but it's been it's been interesting so far. But uh, you know, um, back to Twitter and the Hundred Club, you know, um, uh, I. I love Twitter because it's, it provides a forum for this kind of thing to happen, a community to, to be, to be built. And I think that there was, yeah. uh, there's a lot of people that get a lot of positive motivation 
and inspiration out of the hundred club and just Twitter in general. And uh, you and I were talking just a little while ago before this. And uh, you know, I want to, I want to tell the story because this is, this is the other thing that makes Twitter so great for me <laughs> is uh, you know, I think I, I can't remember what ended up happening, but I posted a picture. Uh, I posted something like, Hey, nobody wants to see you lift, you know, full contraction on every muscle of your body and staring into the camera. Like <laughs> nobody wants to see that, right? Nobody wants to see you take a shit face. And, yeah. uh, and that's why I, I told you, that's why I always have my hat on. I, if I'm, if I'm doing a video on Twitter, I keep the hat down. I'm like, nobody, nobody needs no, to I see this shit. You know, there's, no, there's nothing pretty about me looking like I'm taking a shit. So um, anyways, I, I got, um, I sent this tweet out. I was like, pretty much nobody wants to see that. I got to take a shit face. If you're going to take a, if you're going to take a video, don't stare into the camera. It's just weird in my opinion. And then people, somebody, somebody posted a picture of themselves making the funniest damn face. And then I was like, all right, we're going to make this a thing. So tw tweeted out, all right, everybody poster, take a shit face. And I'm going to, the winner, the best one is going to get a free hundred club shirt. And so I, uh, over the next 24 hours, I was overwhelmed by the, the amount of just ridiculousness that I saw on this thing. I mean, some of the funniest shit ever. I even got videos and I'm like, oh, this is just fantastic. So I, I was so, I was so impressed. I was so impressed that I ended up instead of, you know, buying the win, the one winner, I couldn't pick one winner. I ended up buy, I ended up picking five people and buying them shirts and, and they're not cheap shirts either. Like they're like I told you, they're you know yeah. you buy the you buy the shirt through the website, and I have on there uh, money added so that we could raise money for the PTSD Foundation of America. Another great thing about the Hundred Club is we we support our soldiers, right, and so many others, yeah. but uh, for soldiers and first responders. Um, and so they're, they're like $40 shirts and I, I ended up buying five of them and shipping them all over the world, man. Like, I, you know, I sent one to UK, I sent one to Canada, sent one, I mean, just all over, man. And so, uh, but that, that's the other part of Twitter that I really, really appreciate is the things like that, where you get a good, ridiculous Twitter feed <laughs> and it's lighthearted and a lot of fun. And, you know, those kind of things are, are just great. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's wild, and you know I wouldn't have met you if it weren't for Twitter. I mean, you, yeah, you get exactly. to put whatever the hell you you get to put whatever the hell you want out there, man. If you want to be a dick, you can be a dick. You can put it out there. If you want to be the nicest guy in the world, you can be the nicest guy in the world. If you just want to be there for positivity, you don't even have to post. You can just read people's shit and yeah. uh, follow people that you want. You can find exercises, workout programs, diets. Um, but you know, I also see a lot of stuff on there that is just dumb, man. Like fitness advice that makes you just go, no, no, yeah. that's not a good, that's not a good shit. Did you see this one uh, earlier today? I think it came out yesterday. Uh, it's like floating around. I think it's going viral, but this dude is doing like pen lay rows or what, however you can. And he's, he's going boom. Oh, boom. Yeah. He's like, he's like Pretty pushing the weight down. Yeah. I'm like, his that's shoulders true. are going to fall off. What are you doing? That is not, don't, don't do that. And maybe there's some science behind it that I don't understand, but nothing about it looks it right to an individual with any kind of sense. It, it, it just doesn't look right. So I don't know, man, but uh, that, that, that kind of, so 
there's that kind of shit too. You really have to filter <laughs> all that shit out. Yeah, that's that's the only downside is the, there literally is everything, and if if you're ignorant to it, then sometimes you're gonna get caught up in it. But that's also the benefit of it is I saw that post yesterday, and I saw so many people like, dude, you're gonna blow your shoulders out. Like, there's no way that's beneficial for you. I don't I don't understand how that's a thing, bro. He had like he had like two plates per side on there. He had like two eighty five on the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you, are you like, that's a lot of weight to be rowing anyways. What, you know, yeah. but this dude's throwing it down and stopping <laughs> it. I'm like, oh Lord. Yeah. I, get, yeah, I give this guy a watch. I, I almost thought it was a joke. I'm like, that, that has to be, it has to be a fucking joke. Right. I, I thought it was too, but then I saw people retweeting it and he responded to it. Like it wasn't a joke. So I was like, all right, man. You you do your thing, I suppose. I'll keep my shoulders healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, it's like you what you were saying. Maybe there is something to it. I don't know everything, obviously. <laughs> Doesn't look well, right to me though. No, I don't think it looked right to anybody. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So you know, um, one of the things about the podcast we talked about was talking about um, my. Uh, my fitness journey. And, um, you know, I think those, those that follow me know about bodybuilding. It's been a passion of mine for forever. And, uh, you know, I got into bodybuilding just simply because I'm in the gym. Being in the gym is just my thing. It's my sanctuary. It's where I feel comfortable. It's my getaway. You know, I forget everything for the hour or whatever I'm in there training. So, um, I was in there and, you know, when, when you lift, I mean, I've been lifting since I was like 12, like in the gym, maybe even (laughs) younger than that. And I'm 40 now. So it's a shitload of years in the gym. And after a while you build a really good foundation, right. And you learn a lot of stuff along the way. And, um, and I had always admired the bodybuilding physiques and the, the the way these guys look up on stage and I said, man, you know, I, I'd really like to do that one day. So um, after COVID hit, you know, everybody, uh, everybody took it on the chin during COVID. Gyms closed down. We were in our driveway, my wife and I, we bought like a medicine ball and some other shit and we were just doing driveway stuff, which, you know, doesn't hit right. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but uh after that, you know, gyms opened up. I'm like, you know what? It's it's time to to check this box. So started bodybuilding. Um, you know, I had a show this last weekend, which is interesting because um, I was really like four. I was really like eight weeks out from the show that I had been planning on doing. So I'm whittling down my weight, getting my my you know diet dialed in, my cardio, just making that transformation where you just get rid of all your body fat. And, uh, it really is, it really is amazing what, what you, what people build under there and don't know about it because they've got a layer of fat on top. So I highly recommend anybody, um, who's been lifting for a while and has a strong foundation that's never seen what they built under there to do a cut, like a legitimate one. It's hard. It's extremely difficult. You'll be hungry, you'll be tired. All the, all the (laughs) things I've mentioned before, but, um, very rewarding when you see it, um, so I was actually like eight weeks out and, you know, it's a whole process in prep. Like you're, te- you're you don't want to go too fast. You want to peak at exactly the right time. And, yeah. uh, and then I realized that I had gone kind of fast 
and like I was looking really like shredded up, like inside out shredded. <laughs> One morning I'm on the uh, stair mill and I'm like, oh, I'm going to move my show up. I'll probably do a show in four weeks. And then uh, the, the following week, which was last week, I'm on the stair mill on Wednesday and uh, I'm thinking, man, you know, there's a there's a show in Austin this weekend, which is just a couple miles up the road, um, you know, about three hours from me here. And yeah. I I look at it and I'm like, man, you know, I could probably do this show as a warm up show. You know, let me just go. I'm not going to be in the best. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have the best conditioning, this, that and the other. But I'm I'm good enough that I can not embarrass myself up on stage. <laughs> Plus, It'd be good practice, you know, posing, getting my head right. Yeah. And so exactly. Wednesday morning, I'm on the uh, I'm on the stair mill and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that show on Friday, on Saturday, as long as my wife, we don't have anything going on this weekend. It'd be fun just to pack up the kids and and go. And so I get home after after the stair mill and I ask uh, I asked Tony, I'm like, hey, you know, what would you say about me doing a show this weekend? She's like, are, are you are you ready? And I was like, well, check out this picture that I snapped at the gym. It was my abs, like from the side. And it was just sick, man, like <laughs> straight, ridiculous. And, and yeah. she's like, yeah, you could probably, you could probably do some damage at this show. So I was like, all right, we're, we're, we're doing it. So, but I really wanted to get down to like 205, uh, 205 pounds so that I could do a classic physique. In bodybuilding, you have dudes who wear board shorts and that's called like um, physique. And then you have dudes that wear like more brief type style thing and they do Ooh, more Arnold. classic posing, like Arnold poses and stuff like that. And that's uh, yeah. classic physique. And then there's bodybuilding where your big monsters are. And uh, <laughs> I was trying to get down to classic physique. And, uh, and so over the next 48 hours, you know, I've got to weigh in. It's Wednesday morning. I'm like 207. I got to be under 205 for the weigh-in, which is Friday at like 6 p.m. So I bust ass. I, I eat air for like the next 24, 48 hours. <laughs> Friday morning, I'm 203.2 or 202.3. I can't remember, but I'm under. I'm under. So I made it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. And uh, I text my coach and I said, dude, I, I, I got made weight. And uh, he's like, dude, it's 5 a.m., and your weigh-in is 13 hours from now. And you have literally two pounds to, you know, of, of leeway here. Like you've got to stay. It means you pretty much can't drink shit, can't eat shit. Yeah. And he's like, you are, <laughs> he said, it's going to be, it would be horrible. Plus it's just a warm-up show, dude. Like why, why are you so worried about it? And uh, I said, well, what, what do you think I should do? He said, fucking eat, eat and eat 700 grams of carbs. And for those of you wow. who don't track macros and know uh, how much rice 700 carbs is, <laughs> it is a mountain of rice. Like every meal was a mountain of rice. And it was like, just, he's like, eat it, get it in today. And when you're that depleted, as hard as it was to shovel all that rice in my mouth, as depleted as you are, it just fills you up. Like it, you, I exploded, dude. I mean, I was <laughs> that morning. I was two Oh three in the evening. Yeah. Most of it was food weight, but, uh, 
I, I think I weighed in the scale 214. And then the next morning when I competed, I was probably closer to like 220. So, you know, you're talking about 18 pound swing, 17 wow. pound swing. And I was just full, man. Like everything was exploding. Veins are going crazy, but, uh, ended up doing really well, uh, ended up winning my weight classes. And, uh, and so I have checked the box on that. And like I said, I've moved on to CrossFit to kind of fill the gap for now until I yeah. figure out what I want. I may stay in CrossFit. I don't, I don't know, man. My back, um, you know, th this has been tough because um, last September, nine months ago, uh, I broke my back. And I'd have always had back issues, lower back issues. And I... Uh, remember it just getting progressively worse. I, I think for about three to five, maybe five years. Yeah, it was about five years I was dealing with back issues. And, you know, I lift heavy, dude. I go hard in the gym and I, you know, yeah. relentless. <laughs> and so um, I eventually got to a point, I was going to do a show in April of this year. And so September last year, I'm, you know, lifting heavy, gearing up. And, uh, and all of a sudden I, I remember I'm at this conference for work and, I'm standing behind a table, you know, greeting people and this, that, and the other. I'm like, man, I can't stand here anymore. And I went to lay down. I couldn't even lay down. I couldn't, you know, to put my pants on, I had to roll around on the ground like an asshole. And uh, <laughs> so I just, something was wrong, like worse, yeah. worse than it had ever been. And um, so I left the conference. I went and got, uh, went to the chiropractor and the chiropractor is like, man, before I get to snapping and adjusting your back, let me take an x-ray. took an x-ray. and was like, well, you broke a vertebrae. And uh, I'm like, okay, right. well, that, that would, that would explain the, the, the pain that I have. Right. And he's like, you need to go see a spine surgeon. Like now, like don't lift anymore. Don't do any more shit. Just go see a spine surgeon. So I go see a spine surgeon. I think a lot of people have heard this story that, that, that follow me, but I'll, I'll, I'll retell it. Uh, I go in for surgery, like literally a week later, they got me in and, uh, and they uh, went in, they did a discectomy and, uh, and a spinal fusion L4, L5. And uh, I came out of surgery and I was just in unbelievable amount of pain. And uh, I, a lot of the pain, everything on me hurt, but a lot of the pain was in my pecs my pecs were like super sore and tender. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my, pe why are my pecs hurting? You did back surgery. Right. And uh, long story short is they tied me so tight to the operating table. There's a chest support pad right here that you're laying on. You know, you're, you're face down laying on this chest support pad and they strap your ass down. They must've strapped me down especially tight because I'm a big dude. They're like, man, we don't want this dude waking up in the middle of surgery. I'm coming right. off the table. Right. And the last thing they want is for you to be able to move while they're drilling into your back, you know, precision placing, you know, the, the fusion mechanism. So, yeah. so ended up, um, realizing, uh, after going back and forth to the doctor and getting MRIs that they crushed my pecs. So it, it, I was on the table. I was on, I was on that pad for so long. It was like five, six hour surgery and tied yeah. so tight that it legitimately smushed my inner pecs off of 
my my sternum. So I had to go for another surgery on December 23rd. So like September 29th, I get back surgery. December 23rd, um, they got to slice each tit open, pull the meat down and reattach it to my ribs. And, uh, and, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm in a double sling for fucking like two, three weeks. I can't drive. I can't do shit. I can't work out. You know, my back is still recovering. Like, I'm just a fucked up wreck and there's a lot more to it. (laughs) It was so messed up, man. Uh, And, and so I, uh, I, you know, I thought, okay, my bodybuilding days are long over. They told me uh, uh, I'm not going to squat like for eight to 12 months. I'm not going to do any kind of hip hinge or whatever. Uh, Am I still coming through? It looks like I had a little blip there. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. It was a hiccup, but we're back. But uh, so, so they told me basically my weightlifting days are are pretty well numbered, especially not bodybuilding, especially not putting any weight on your back, you know, and doing a squat or whatever, you know, loading up the spine. And uh, and I'm okay. So I kind of just swallowed hard and said, "All right, bodybuilding, that's not going to happen for me." But uh, over the course of the next couple weeks. Um, you know, January rolls around, February rolls around. I'm back in the gym and I'm, I'm feeling good. And my pecs are still jacked up. One of them, one of them ended up kind of sticking to the bone and getting somewhat better. The other one just peeled right back off. So I'm missing like a third, I'm missing the whole inside part of this pec right here. So I'm like, I have to rebuild these pecs, you know? And I'm like, not only am I going to rebuild the pecs and come back stronger, but I'm going to do a fucking show this year. And so um, I made that my, my goal. And, uh, and uh, I was able, like I said, I was able to check that box this last weekend. So I'm super excited and have a, have a really, um, you know, it's the the sense of self-accomplishment to like overcome something that shitty and, and, and like crush it uh, is, is, And when I can't, I can't put it into words to describe how good it felt. But uh, I think that brings me to a good point here is everybody goes through shit, you know, in life, um, people are going to have injuries, people are going to, um, you know, uh, have financial situations, home problems, um, drug problems, alcohol, all kinds of shit, right? Uh, Mental issues doesn't matter. We're all going to go through shit, but, um, I am a firm believer, just like everyone else in the hundred club, um, that, you know, overcoming these challenges starts in the gym, starts with health and fitness. And, uh, and, and it's like that one thing that will remain constant, like no matter what is going on, as long as you can continue to grind, you can be better. Your mental health is going to be better. Your physical health is going to be better and everything's just going to be better. So, um, you know, when you go through something shitty in life, um, I'm big on like setting goals and, uh, I, I don't do it as much as I should, but usually if I, I always have a goal, but it's usually generally like one goal and it's a big goal. I'm like, I'm going to do a bodybuilding show or I'm going to compete in CrossFit games or some shit. I don't know. But, uh, but as long as I have something that motivates me, and I think it's a really important, everybody needs to have a goal in mind when they. Uh, when they're getting into health and fitness, uh, you know, it's not always necessary, you know, uh, 
it's going to be automatic for yeah. a lot of people, like just a way of life. But for me, it also having a goal also helps drive getting better every day and pushing yourself and this, that, and the other. So, um, so I'm not, I'm not special from, you know, by being able to overcome a, a broken back and some fucked up titties, but, uh, you know, everybody goes through shit. And I think my message to those people is you just got to keep, keep grinding like every day and, uh, and, and good things will, good things will eventually happen. And you know what, if good things don't happen, at least you're going to be jacked and in shape. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's literally no downside yeah exactly man so um so anyhow i uh i'm just curious man i gotta know a little bit about you i you know in your bio i see ultra ultra runner um you know family man you're doing podcasts now you're coaching uh, yeah. and uh and so tell me about your fitness journey i'm i just i gotta hear it yeah, it, uh, uh, I've always been working out similar to you, maybe not 12, maybe like 14 ish, but that's early uh, enough. Man. Grew up working on a dairy. Yeah. Grew up working on a dairy farm. So I got pretty, pretty strong from that mainly because my boss, um, I mean, it was a pretty small dairy farm, so we didn't have much money to buy good equipment. So a lot of his equipment was broken. So I was the manual labor for the replacement of the equipment. Um, an example is when we would bale hay, I'd have to pick up the bales and throw them in the wagon, uh, because his little kicker wasn't working. So I got pretty jacked as a 14 year old. <laughs> um, but I'd always been, uh, my whole family's in the military. So we kind of have that, uh, mindset of just constantly working out and everything. Um, beyond that, uh, Started amateur boxing when I was maybe t early 20s. Um, um, before that, I guess I was into calisthenics and gymnastics. I I was pretty pro. I was pretty broke, so I didn't have money to pay for a gym membership. So I'm like, I I still gotta be fit somehow. So I got real big into calisthenics, and that was definitely heavily influenced from the military stuff from my dad. Um, gymnastics stuff. It was mainly just the Olympic rings. I thought those, I mean, just people that can do the iron crosses, that's insane to me. 